Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me. This is episode number 110. I'm going to read some poems today that are consistent with this season, the Halloween season, the All Saints Day, which is Sunday, this Sunday, and All Souls Day. Uh, maybe you were raised in some of those traditions um, where you celebrate all the saints who have died in Christ or I like the All Souls Day, the following second day of November, where all souls are remembered and prayed for. Um, maybe you came from a fundamentalist tradition where they, for a while, had a lot of fun bashing Halloween and saying it was honoring the devil and evil, things like that. Of course, that's nonsense. The whole concept of Dia de los Muertos is uh, a triumph of the human spirit and of the of the Holy Spirit to triumph over the dead, to recognize honestly the power of death, the fact of our mortality, but also to celebrate the life that we have because of our awareness of that mortality. So I don't want to depress you today, but I do want to uh, read three poems that I have written and published uh, in the past, which concern some loss in my life. Um, I originally thought about trying to find out some uh, elegies and other types of poems to commemorate this time in our season, but they are so many and so frequently uh, available that I don't really think it's fair to try to pick a couple or three out. And so I just let you, as the listener to this program, not only find your own poems, but also reflect on the loss in your own life. Uh, some of it is, of course, closer to the surface and more painful, and others is farther in the past and has a rhetorical distance to it, perhaps. I hope that's the case for what I'm going to read today. But I want to start with a little bit lighter note. This poem is titled Jack-O-Lantern, and it was published in Spare Parts, which came out in 2010. Jack-O-Lantern. I remember selecting pumpkins with you. The choices mattered, the expectations you imagined. I remember the knife, the big spoon cleaning out the insides, scraping the surface as dry as possible. I remember your magic markered drawings and precise incisions following the lines until a face emerged. I remember lighting candles then placing our paladins on the porch after naming them. I remember when fear was laughable and the ghosts of winter held no sway. So that's the uh, laughing at death through the ritual of cutting pumpkins with your child. And now a memory of the loss of my grandfather way back in 1979. The title of the poem is simply Grandpa Elmer. At five, I sat on his lap in his rocking chair, watching the sun wake up over the horizon. At seven, he joked from his hospital bed about the stitching scarred across his heart. At 17, I saw red roses and yellow wheat grown in his field, draped across his coffin. He lay in a black suit with his hands folded across his lap and a smile set in place 
but I thought he should have been buried in blue-striped overalls with CT pliers in his grip and an old-timer knife in his pocket. We stood around the pink granite stone in the cold wind to say goodbye. I held close his pocket watch. Sometimes when I feel cold wind, I open that watch and think about the sun rising and grave granite stones. The next one is titled That Evening, and it is a recollection and a reconstruction of the evening um, after Grandpa's funeral. This is uh, me sitting alone with my grandmother on her farm in her farmhouse. Just one of those coincidental moments when we found ourselves alone after all of the activity of the day. That evening. After the service, after the casket was lowered into red dirt, dirt which he had plowed and planted, I sat with her in the house, a house that would never be the same, the house of grandkids and trophies from prize quilts and blue ribbon jams from county fairs. And she spoke some, and I spoke some. I was not yet 18. He was 65. So my thoughts, too few memories. The shotgun he bought for me at auction, catching a big bass on his cane pole, sitting on his lap at sunrise, hearing growls about harvest and calves, hay, tractors and fences. Now it would all change. We both knew that as we sat holding our differing grief. It would all change, some for the better, but not all. Sundown and death, too obvious to construct. That first night was hard, but she was hard too. And she teaches me to live on for 30 more years and counting. That evening still alive in me, a lesson in grief. Believe it. Bear it, bury it. So those two poems about my grandfather's funeral and the second one really is a tribute to my grandmother and her uh, enduring successful life for 30 plus years after grandfather died. And that's one of the values of writing about our memories, of course, <clears throat> is to find our own sense of, of strength uh, in our own family history or with those that we love. And uh, so again, I, I simply offer this as a way of a catalyst for you to uh, do some of your own reflection during this time of the year and think about those you love and those that you have loved. The final one is a brand new poem titled The Bridge. I just wrote this. Uh, one of my dearest friends suddenly unexpectedly passed away only 61 years of age. I've known him for over 30 years. Uh, and though I've been blessed with many wonderful brothers who are tremendous to me, this man was one of the first and one of the best, if not the best. He was with me through some very difficult days. He was a great friend to my son, Kenny, and me, his children, his wife. And so um, <clears throat> I was reflecting on his sudden passing and 
This is the poem that came out. It's titled The Bridge for Mike Thompson in Memoriam. How often we talked with passion long into the night, darkness raging around us, listening, our voices clinging to what faith we could find, what hope remained, remembering joy. What metaphor best defines you, our times together? A light, a warm fire, a strong, gentle hand. Our voices speaking, seeking to understand the symbols of life, the signs of society, reassuring goodness. From the known to the unknown and back again, determined to discover, to uncover paths of truth, we walked with careful diligence committed to our imperfect rhythms, brothers, for this short life. You bridged the abyss, chasms of mortality, making a way possible. And now, as always, I hear you calling. This is the way. Follow me, brother. We'll get there. Trust the bridge. Follow me, brother. So thank you for listening to these memories of mine and my attempts to uh, place an aesthetic distance on some grief that I have borne in my life. And I know, of course, that you listeners have also got your own uh, griefs to bear, and I support you in that. And I hope that this program today serves as a catalyst for you to think, uh, hopefully with fondness and with uh, resolve towards those whom you love. Until next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems.